Welcome to Business Talk Sister Gok. I'm Ruthie. And I'm Becca. And today we get to talk with Barbie from Cinderella Brides. You guys, I don't even know if you have heard of this before, but I am super excited to tell you about this lady. She is a wealth of knowledge. And I have just seen so many interesting things so far in just picking her brain for a little bit. So um, I am super excited to, to welcome Barbie. Thanks so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for inviting me on your show today. I'm super excited to just share and I love the initiative you have with, you know, helping young entrepreneurs um, just get started and learn processes for how to start any type of business. And for me, um, I am, I own multiple different businesses, but what I'm going to talk to you about today is how I brought and how I basically formulated, branded and launched my own hair care line. We just have two products right now. And, um, you know, it, it's really exciting just to be able to just see an idea that you had for so long come to fruition. So I'm going to talk to you about the manufacturing process. Oh, okay. So can you tell us why you started this? Like, where did it come from? Like, what was your inspiration to invent it? Absolutely. So um, my background is Asian Indian. And um, growing up, I, you know, I had very, very fond memories of my grandmother massaging hair oil into our hair. Um, And I used to have like really long, thick hair. And, you know, nobody likes greasy hair. (laughs) So as I started growing up, I really got away from that. But what I noticed was that the um, native women that live in India, um, they had thick, long hair for like years. They they were the same age as me or older, and they just had an abundance of hair. And, um, you know, in India, the common practice is hair oiling, which is done regularly on a, you know, uh, multiple times a week basis where they're basically putting all these good nutrients from these, you know, rich um, organic Ayurvedic oils into their scalp and then just washing it out or some of them leaving it in as an overnight treatment. But for us, like what was available to us here in the States was just like very greasy or not not smelling that great. So what I did was, you know, I, uh, my background is in the beauty industry. I do professional makeup, hairstyling. I've had that business for over 14 years and Cinderella brides. And so what I, and I've seen a lot of my clients have hair loss and I was like, there has to be a solution. Like, you know, yeah, pills is great. And you know, um, there's all these extensions and stuff, but why does everybody need that when they can start from the root of it all? And, you know, if one country is experiencing an abundance where we're experiencing lack what's the difference and you know i mean quite frankly we can get into so many details of what it you know what it could be but i knew that um one of the practices hair oiling was something that um i could bring to the states and make it like a more easy to simple um pleasant type of experience versus you know some of the products that we have available here today Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what inspired it um yeah. yeah. So how did you go about doing that? Was there like competition you were scoping out? Did you compare yourself to anyone else or did you just do it? Yes, absolutely. So first I looked at all the different brands in the U.S. And when I went into like a Target or any type of department store where they sold or like a drugstore where they sold, you know, hair care products, the first thing I noticed that there was nothing that was Ayurvedic. Um, second thing I noticed as I started doing my online research, even online, when I searched like, you know, all the major um, websites like Amazon, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a lot of us options. A lot of everything that was sold was basically imported and, um, 
from India. And so I started looking at the top selling um, brands in India and, and that were sold here and the ones that moved. And I basically um, decided, okay, well, I can formulate something that the key was to have something that was um, more of like a treatment so that people don't have to feel like they're walking around with oily hair. Mm. And then the second thing was to have really, really good ingredients that would um, give the results. And the third thing was to make sure the product smells good. Mm. And so I scoped out brand, uh, different uh, competitors, and then I actually contact a factory in um, India just through um, you know recommendations. At the time, my brother was living in India, so he was able to um, find you know, different factories, but you know, that information, if you just Google is available online, you can find any manufacturer anywhere in the world if you wanted to. So tell us what, um, what the, I'm going to mispronounce it, but the Ayurvedic? Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic okay. is an ancient, it's, it's basically um, an ancient Indian um, practice of taking natural herbs and things that are organic and, um, putting them into different ingredients. So like turmeric is an Ayurvedic ingredient. Um, for us, our, our ingredients and the hair oil is the amla. That's an Ayurvedic ingredient, which is like a, an Indian uh, plant. Um, you know, we have bringraj, which is an Ayurvedic ingredient. So we basically experimented. What I did was I, I um, contacted the factories and the factory and we started going back and forth on whatsapp that was the communication the means of communication was whatsapp with the factory um and they're very very quick to get back to us and that's how you know when you're picking a manufacturer to work with the things that you want to be aware of and be mindful of is number one um can you properly communicate with them and do they properly understand? Because especially if you're dealing with international um, manufacturers, you want to be, be, make sure that there is a clear stream of communication. Number two is like, what platform are you going to talk to them on? And number three is, um, you know, really what their response time is. And so because the response time was great with this factory that we were going to possibly manufacture, we went back and forth. I, I went through their catalog. I identified some of their already in stock products that were the oils that I wanted to try. Um, and then some that, you know, we like, we're like, can you take this out? Can you take this out and give us like a sample formulation? And they did all that. I ordered the samples. Um, I paid for them via PayPal and they sent them via airmail. And then I had a whole bunch of different products that I can try out and test out. And I tested shampoos and I tested leave-in conditioners and sprays. And, you know, I really identified, let me start with like, you know, because it's, I'm a new business and a small business, I wanted to first, um, you know, grow to scale. So I basically started with two products and, you know, we, we got the formulations the way we wanted and then we went into packaging. And how much of that was your own experimentation and how much of that was something that was, that they had already produced themselves? Um, it was uh, kind of a, I guess, 50-50. They had a formulation that we liked. We liked the smell of it. What I wanted to do was I wanted them to really streamline it and put only a certain amount of oils and take out the ones that I didn't think were at, like actually relevant. Um, and then also add hemp because hemp is really, really great for, you know, retaining moisture in the scalp and in the strands of the hairs, which being in a country that we're more north than India. We, I wanted to have something where we would be able to have a little bit more moisture because um, mm -hmm. one of the, I guess, problems that I've seen is dry hair and breakage in the hair. And mm -hmm. so that's something that we included. And also with just, you know, thinking from a marketing 
and what's hot right now perspective, hemp, CBD, all those product ingredients are like blowing up right now. So that's kind of like why um, we formulated it in a way that it included things that we knew would be a good seller. So when you started um, ordering and whatever else and you were like, all right, I'm ready to do this. How did that work with like customs and importing and then trying to navigate? Was there like approval processes you had to go through to sell to North America and all that kind of absolutely, stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it is, it's not an easy process. You, I, I will tell you, you have to be patient. So before we imported, I mean, we had to come up with the brand name, um, labeling, I had a designer like going back and forth. Uh, my brother was in the process too, because he like initially started out with me because this was, was something he was helping me with because he, he was living in India at the time. And so we went back and forth with the designers. We tried to identify different brands, what colors, what scheme. And so once that was done and the product was ready to ship, they shipped it, but it came into, you know, we had to, I had to hire a customs broker to release it from the airport <laughs> so um once and, and that was like a process it took a couple of days because it was my first time doing it i didn't realize what it entailed initially so even when you get any type of products shipped from another country it really depends on what the product is this is considered like a topical if you're depending on what you're manufacturing it might have to go through like a customs um and especially even how your factory ships it so you have to be also specific in how and where you want it to be shipped um so i had to hire a customs broker we had to go through paperwork and verification and then we finally had the product and then the product um needed to get verified because the the right now the primary source of where the product is being sold is on Amazon um, in the US. And so I had to apply for like a seller certificate for topical products. They mm -hmm. had to they, they had to see the what the products look like. They had to confirm if we had a UPC a SKU code. Um, are we the manufacturer? They wanted proof of all that. We had to take pictures and upload everything. And then it took a couple of days to get verified. But once you get verified then you can ship the product out to Amazon. They send you like a prepaid label and that goes all, you know, all along with your seller's account. And then I shipped everything to them. And then, then it's the, and then it's like marketing, right? It's like, okay, like now I have a product amongst a billion other products online. How do I differentiate myself? So, you know, that, that's in itself, like making sure you're creating the strong graphics for it, making sure you're creating really great value statements of why people should purchase, and then also paying for advertising right on Amazon. So, you know, typically when you're with your first products that you're gonna launch, you're not gonna, you don't expect 100% profit because you're gonna wanna reinvest everything that you make into your marketing, into your advertising for that product. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have not looked a ton into the UPC codes, but like, I've heard that that can be really difficult. Did you have to find someone to do that or did you do it yourself? Yeah, there is actually a um, company that you can um, just apply and get the codes and then you, you pay for it. And then it's, you know, you'll get the codes and then you can have them printed on your packaging. Yeah. Okay. So when you started out and everything, did you go straight to Amazon or did you try other selling sites or what was, what made Amazon stand out to you the most? So when I, we first started, when I got the initial shipment, um, you know, I knew we were going to, we, we had, um, we have had in the family biz, like in, in my family, my brother has launched other products before. So he had connections for me that he had the buyers of like Miser and Walmart and Sally's Beauty. Hmm. 
Spotify and um, CVS. And so we initially, when I got the product, I mailed it out to all the different buyers, Macy's backstage. And the way that we even got the connections, let me take a step back. If you're looking to sell into retail, you know, um, go on LinkedIn, pay for the premium account and start to search for buyers, specifically purchasing, you know, purchasing um, departments or buyers for specific brands or companies that you want to sell into, because um, that's where you're going to be able to send a sample of your product. And the buyer actually evaluates the product and sees if they, it would be a good fit. So initially we sent it to a lot of the buyers, but it was the timing. I, I got the product in November. The timing was around Christmas time and Christmas, January. And so like it didn't get the attention that it needed, but that's like another, and then we also got feedback from buyers on certain things of what they would like to see in their market. Maybe the, one of them was like the package, you know, of the actual individual oil needed to be bigger. Um, we did get some offers from two different buyers, but what they wanted to, us to pay, what they wanted to pay for the product was less than what would be worth our profit margin. So we decided to go against it and just turn to Amazon for selling for now. And um, because it's in a, it's still in an evolution stage, we're still, you know, we're going to make tweaks for the second um, order, the second, you know, batch of product. And that's how you start. You, you know, I think that one of the things I, if anybody listening to this podcast is like, if you have an idea, you just need to start, you just need to figure it out and start and do it. You're going to make mistakes along the way, but most people have like that, um, anxiety of not making it perfect. So then they never launch. And I think that's a big mistake because you can always tweak and refine as you go along in every step of your process. You know, I love the saying Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built block by block by block. And that's kind of a building block of even starting and creating a product. And some products are going to be super successful and some are not be prepared for failure. You're going to have to keep trying again and again until you get to the level that you deem for yourself as success. And how did you stay motivated throughout all of that? Because it sounds like it's just one hill after another as you've been pursuing this. And it, yeah, you had your brother was super helpful in that. And he, he figured out a lot of things, but you did so much of the groundwork and having to navigate so much. So how did you stay motivated throughout all of that? Uh, you know, I think it's, um, for me, I have multiple different avenues of how I, build my businesses. So, you know, just because one wasn't going the way I wanted, I was having success somewhere else. So like, as far as within that process, you're just focusing on building a brand. You have to set like your long-term goals and then just, just, you have to make sure that you just keep a positive mental attitude. So what I do is I listen to lots of different um, I input good in the first time, the first um, part of my day, whether it's a really great podcast, I read from a positive mental attitude book, I watch a really great video, you know, something like what you guys put together here. I think it's encouraging to learn from other people that are, you know, doing the exact same thing. So that's how I stayed motivated because, you know, like you're hearing the same themes from across all different people that have launched a brand or a product. It's, it's a struggle. It's not an easy process, but at the end, the journey is, you know, in anything, like if it was too easy, like it's like, Oh, I did it. But the journey is what makes like the process and the end result even sweeter. Yeah, for sure. So when you were starting up your business and you had to pay for all these different things, how did you decide 
um, what you were willing to spend money on, what you were willing to really, really bargain down to get to certain prices, and what did your what were your price points during that time, and what was the initial startup cost? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I like as far as like what I was willing to spend, mm -hmm. I kind of set first. Like when I got quotes, I kind of got an idea of what the product would look like and how much it would cost to produce, and then usually typically in like beauty, what I found is like, you have to add like, um, I was just reading an article the other day. I think you have to add like a 65% markup because you have to account for your packaging, your, all your other costs and then your marketing costs. So any product that you even get in like us, you know, a major retailer, like a Sephora, Ulta, you, you're basically getting like a 65% at least markup, or if not more, depending on what the cost of the product was to produce. Um, and so as far as like, I had an idea, I was like, okay, you know, for me, uh, like I, it was, I think 2,500 to start with. And then, you know, with all the other costs, it was like all in like $4,000 and you know, it is, it is, if you don't have that money laying around, like you're not gonna, like you can start smaller, you can scale smaller. We ordered 500 of each of the units, but a lot of manufacturers have an MOQ, which stands for minimum order quantity. And so um, unless you're DIYing and making this yourself, like you have to like meet some of the minimum order quantities that they want you to spend because that's what's going to make it worth it for them to actually ship to you. Um, so that's kind of like, and for, for me, I had the savings, I had the expendable income that I wanted to diversify and give this a shot because it's something that's been on my list. And I, I, if I, if I, I am a strong believer, you don't want to live with regrets. If you have an idea, you need to figure out some way that you can accomplish it. Now, like if you don't have that money, you can get people to um, invest with you. You can get like if you're younger, you, you know, maybe you have parents that will you can create a business plan, you know, a step by step. And I won't go into that, but really, you know what you can create like a bullet point of why why this would be successful and how much you would you know, somebody would need to invest and help you and what they would gain out of that back and you can get people to back you because, you know, that's, if, if you don't have the money, you can do it that way, but it does cost a little bit to start, you know, if you're going to start in the type of business that I started in now, I can't speak to everything like other businesses, but, you know, from scratch manufacturing, it does take some time, you know, maybe in a, on a flip side, a much cheaper route is private labeling, which is where you um, take an existing product that's already manufactured and they just put your logo and your brand on it and you go and sell it, which could be a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the question I have for you is what resources would you recommend to someone who's going to start out or thinking about starting out in this? Where would you say, if you're going to do something, this is absolutely what you should check out? Oh yeah, sure. Um, so if, if you're going to basically start with a, like manufacturing and you're starting from like scratch, um, I have dealt with now at a point I've dealt with Indian factories, I've dealt with Chinese factories. Like you really want to first, number one, identify what you want to sell. Number two, go and do like Google trends and research to see what the type of market is for the product that you're looking to sell. Um, there's tons of vast, um, Google is the best place to go first and see if there is a need, a demand for what you're looking to sell. And don't get discouraged if, let's say for example, um, 
there's somebody already doing and selling your product because what you have to do is that differentiate why you're, you know, why you're different. Your story is different. Your branding is going to be different. Your product is going to be a little bit different. So don't get discouraged if, you know, if that's going to, if that is what you see when you go online, but definitely look at trends and research. And then from there you can go and hit YouTube and look at people who have manufactured products, learn from them. That's what I did. I, I used Google and YouTube just to start out. I used um, also a product on um, if to learn for more about Amazon and what was selling. There's a product called Helium 10 that basically lets you evaluate what um, the you know, what products are like hot and what are selling a lot on Amazon and, you know, which, you know, you can search by your category of what you're looking to sell and then see what the volumes are and then look and see what brands are selling really well and look at their branding and look at what they're doing. And that's like the, the jumping point of where I got an idea of like how I want to position and market the brand that we launched. And what was the name of that website? Helium 10. Helium 10. Okay. Yeah. There's another one also called Jungle Scout. And that's another one that does the same thing as Helium 10, where it lets you basically take a look and see what's the, the, the top selling products and, you know, what you can kind of look, you can identify trends specifically for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have a link to that one on our tools and tips page, but we will definitely add the other one as well in the transcript on our blog, as well as within our, um, our tools and tips page. So yeah. Okay. So this is the part of the show where we talk about something stupid to gawk, <laughs> right? So we're going to tell you a story of, well, I'm going to tell you a story because Ruthie and I talked about this a little bit and this is an embarrassing one for me. Um, so hopefully you find it funny if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> um, so recently I'm okay. I'm all about networking. I'm all about like relationships and talking to people. And like, I am, I'm one of those people that like meet somebody and I give them my business cards and I'm like, just show up at my house sometime. Just come over. Like, it'll be a great time. <laughs> and, um, one Very of my hospitable. Yeah. <laughs> we always have people coming in and out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, one of my friends, I was wanting to get to know better. And I was like, you should totally come over for lattes. Like we should have a latte together. And she's like, okay. And I, for the record, I did ask her if I could share this first because I was like mortified. But, um, so she comes over and I make her a latte and we're talking and whatever. We sit down and, um, I have a dog. His name is Pickles. He's a border collie. Um, but usually his job all day is to just like look out the windows and she sat in his chair where he like looks out the windows, but he's not even allowed to sit in that chair. So whatever. But, um, so then he decided like when I got up to go get something to take my chair. And as I was talking to her, she looked at me and he reached over and just all of a sudden, like aggressively was drinking her latte as fast <laughs> as he possibly could. And I was like, Oh my word, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm like I'm so sorry like I could make you a new one and this woman like gracious gracious woman is just like oh no it's fine dogs do that I totally get it and she drank the rest of the latte oh my god <laughs> and I was, was like, like <laughs> what what a kind kind woman <laughs> like <laughs> 
Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so that was like one of my seriously like such an embarrassing moment for me like recently and I was just like I can't believe this happened. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for for joining us. Thank you Barbie so much for being with us this week. It was so great to hear um just what you've done and what you're doing and um what you're going to be doing in the future. Uh join us again next week.